Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1.33 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin, but outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford, a nine-time President's Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with outstanding service at the time of the purchase and then continue that standard of service after the sale as well. So let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand by calling 1-877-477-3673 or go on to brentridge.com if you're listening to a sports talk radio show i don't feel bad that you're about to get spoilers okay it's two nothing philadelphia there's about seven minutes left in the first period afternoon hockey in fact is on your television and cody it's kevin hayes with two goals on two shots yeah that's correct i mean what a shot on that first one that was perfect yeah they uh they spent a pretty penny to get kevin hayes uh, on philadelphia and he's making it pay off other news of the day oilers 50 50 draw if you bought a ticket back on august 7th for that massive jackpot today is the day the winning number will be announced four o'clock today at oe G headquarters they're drawing that number of course you can keep it locked here on 630 Chad will keep you updated I should have that in the 408 newscast coming up for you as well somebody's making seven million dollars somebody's about to get seven million dollars richer because that jackpot after everything was sorted out all the refunds the whole reason it took like three weeks to get it figured out $14.3 $14.3 million. Well done, Alberta. Well done, Edmonton. Impressive stuff there. Half to charity, half to some lucky bugger at 4 o'clock today. They had to have worked hard, too. Like, that's a million dollars in refunds. 
that like I get it it sucks that it took that long but imagine how long it took for them to do a million dollars in refunds Brandon oh without a doubt and the funny thing is uh, funny because I didn't have to sort any of it out is I imagine it was people just kept hammering like the refresh button when it wasn't loading in the first place and suddenly I bought $417 worth of tickets but the jackpot's gone up anyway that's speculation waiting on our connection with John Shannon here so I'll remind you as well we heard the rumors last week uh, it sounded like Mike Green was going to call it a career. He, in fact, has. So the Oilers, um, when they traded back at the deadline for him, it was Kyle Brodziak's contract and a conditional fourth rounder. That'll stay a fourth round pick headed back to Detroit uh, for this year's draft. So uh, Mike Green unfortunately had the injury pretty early into his Oilers stint and then opted out of the playoffs and the re- or play return to play, I guess. Uh, didn't get to see what he could have done or provided for that team, but the good news is that the Oilers are in less need of that now than they have been in recent memory with guys like Benning and Jones and Lagason and there's depth on defense. So while it was an unbelievable pickup at the time, not unbelievable, it was a great depth pickup, I mean, um, Wow, Philly just went up 3-0, and Thomas Grice is coming into the game. Talk about a response, Cody, because they they didn't look good in game one. We said Philly has to push the pace. they got to use their speed. they got to use their skill. And they can't sit back and let the Isles just close it up the middle. So pretty impressive. I mean, what a move there. I think that was Voracek or Kachuri or Couture. I don't remember who that one was. Couturier. Couturier. It goes outside, inside, cuts to the slot, wraps it around the goaltender, and in it goes. Let's talk about uh, Canucks while we wait for our connection to John Shannon. I know, okay, Brendan, you've been harping on this all week. They had a great game last night. Uh, Impressive stuff because they, they changed how they played the game of hockey. They played Vegas's game in game one, and it showed. It was glaringly obvious. Canucks stars didn't have any shots on goal in that first game. It was completely the opposite in game two last night. They got Markstrom back to Markstrom's level where he had been. That needed to happen. Uh, they got their scoring almost entirely from their top guys. Welcome back, Tyler Toffoli. Nobody could have forecasted that kind of immediate impact, but it's clear he's got 13 points now in 12 games as a Canuck since being acquired. Like, obviously, he fits there. I'm pretty sure his points per minute last night was like one point for every four minutes on the ice. That's, I mean, that's just an immediate impact. I know it's not the best stat to go off of, but impressive nonetheless. And I think Vancouver, they really stepped up their physical game. I mean, Vegas only had seven more hits than them, I believe. That's huge. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what we saw. Vancouver needs this to be a track meet, in my opinion. Vancouver really needs this series to be a track meet because who can't compete in a track meet? Ryan Reeves. He was on the ice for eight and a half minutes last night. Antoine Roussel was on the ice for six and a half minutes last night. And look at the difference for the Canucks. So because they were playing more of their style, like the, the quick pass from, from Hughes or whomever it may be out of the uh, out of the defensive zone to Pedersen, who came alive again last night, He got a lot of praise on the broadcast, Cody, for being somebody who's able to absorb contact and not really let it affect him all that much. He is a wiry hockey player, and he's still young, and he's still got time to bulk. But when I first saw him last year in the league, or even, you know, as a draftee or a draft-eligible player, it's like, man, this guy's going to need a little bit of time to be able to step into that kind of atmosphere because he's so lanky, and he kind of plays that... 
Um, I would say it's a higher risk game. He hangs on to the puck and sometimes it works out. He hung on to the puck and right in front of Robin Leonard's goal and deked him right out of his jock strap there on a head fake. So it works, uh, but I didn't necessarily expect it to out of the gate for them. And now they're reaping the benefits. I can't remember who said it yesterday. I wish I could give proper credit here, but it was if you want Vegas to have to play a different game, get out to an early lead on them because that's what Vancouver did right away. I think it was, what, 10 minutes in? They're up 2 nothing, and then for Vegas, they can't play their style. They can't play guys like Ryan Reeves. I believe, I don't have it right in front of me, I think Ryan Reeves only had one shift in the entire second period. That's what happens when you get out on this Vegas team. They can't really enforce their style of play on you, and Vancouver did it to a T. One thing that happened before the puck dropped in that game, Cody, and I want your thoughts on this as a goaltender, is Antoine Roussel again, while Robin Leonard's doing his stretches at center ice there. A couple of things to say. That's the gamesmanship. I have no problem with that, but does that really have any impact, you think, especially on a guy like Leonard? I love it. I mean, I was a goaltender myself, and so when you're in that position, you hate it. But as a player's perspective, looking at it from an outside, there's games within the games, and Roussel knows that, and they all know Robin Leonard. He has a temper tantrum at some times, and I believe they were showing... Oh, who was it? It was a former... It might have been Burroughs, actually, was getting under the skin of guy or goaltenders when Vancouver went on their last playoff run, and it's effective. It is. I mean, goaltending is such a mental sport where you have to be dialed in for 60 minutes plus every single night, and so if you can even get under his skin a tiny bit, you're going to start to see some holes open up. But the question now is, do they go back to Leonard, or does Marc-Andre Fleury get a start in this next game? They don't seem to have... The back-to-back for them is like games four and five and if you look at the schedule actually four five and six are all lined up three days in a row there's no way that's going to happen uh but i was kind of surprised to see that so that sounds weird yeah right i mean if you're talking about excuse me a guy like yarrow halak i I think there's like he's going to play this afternoon this evening and that'll be a back-to-back for him but this is an opportunity even without the back-to-back to uh maybe quell some of the whole Flurry's been stabbed in the back and ousted and outcasted and alienated from this team. If they put him back in for game three, I mean, does that quiet some of the the talk that's been going around? Imagine being a fly on the wall in Alan Walsh's room if Marc-Andre Fleury's sitting on the bench for game three. I don't know how they can't go to Fleury. Like, you've got two starting goaltenders. Yeah, it's got to be flurry for Game 3, doesn't it? Yeah, color me embarrassed, but I didn't even equate the fact that Brian Lawton may well have hired Alan Walsh at Octagon in the first place. It didn't even clue in, or I didn't clue in until Brian said that. And, you know, you've got even the guy that hired him saying, boy, as far as the tactics of that go, like, there's just some question marks around it. So uh, it didn't affect him in the first game. Canucks figured out how to rebound in that second game. How are we doing on the John Shannon front, by the way? He must, uh, he must be at the dentist running a little long with his appointment this afternoon. You want to give him a call again and see if we can't link up with our NHL insider? Because we want to get some thoughts here on the idea that next NHL season, sort of regardless of when it begins, in all likelihood, it's going to have to be played in bubbles. I mean, there's just no way you're looking at the success and, and continued success of the NHL bubble and even the NBA bubble down in Orlando to that effect and saying that there's another way to go about this. I don't imagine that COVID is going to be solved to the level it needs to be uh, within the next, say, 8 or 10 or 12 months or whatever it's going to be. 
for the start of the next NHL season. So you're in, in realistic terms, I think you're looking at divisional pods, and I know Bill Daly had something to say about that earlier. So once we get linked up with John Shannon, if uh, if if we can, <laughs> um, we'll uh, we'll get some more details on that. Arizona released a statement in response to their punishment. Their punishment for illegally testing draft-eligible players, now we know, is a second-round pick this year and a first-round pick next year. Let me know what you think about that. 780-496-0063. I looked at that and I thought, like, depending on how many of these players that you tested, you know, is that enough? Is it too much considering they already traded away this year's first? So that means, you know, the Arizona Coyotes, they may well have Taylor Hall walk. There's a good chance, in fact, I think that he signs. It, let's just say Calgary is able to clear up the cap space. I don't know that Goudreau is going to move, but if they're able to clear the cap space, why wouldn't he go back home to his... He's, I know he grew up in Ontario, but was born in Calgary, right, for the first 12, 13, 14 years of his life. It would make some sense there. But then Arizona really, really lost out because they traded... Did they get Kevin Ball or did they trade Kevin Ball, the big defenseman? I think he's in New Jersey now. They got Blake Spears. Yes, he might have been part of that deal. He was like a third or fourth rounder a couple years ago. Depth player on a Team Canada World Junior team, right? But Arizona has now lost their general manager. Maybe the biggest free agent on the market this year. Uh, A bunch of draft picks. And their response is this, because as we know, John Chayka is no longer with the team. So for immediate release, this just came across the wire from the Arizona Coyotes. We were advised today of the NHL's ruling regarding the allegations of physical fitness testing of draft prospects and respect the league's ruling. Under new leadership, we have added thorough internal controls and compliance measures to prevent this type of occurrence from happening again in the future. We will have no further comment. Good on them for not throwing themselves on a sword that they didn't necessarily draw in the first place. What do you think of those comments? Did they not just throw Chaika right under the bus there? I mean, as soon as you bring up like leadership, old leadership, new leadership, that just seems like I don't want to call it a low blow because have they even released details on what this testing was? Like, are they just sending a text to a prospect and being like, hey, how many times can you bench press 200 pounds? Or are they actually going in person and putting these kids through the ringer? Because that that's just the details that I don't think we know yet. That's a good point. And that's sort of what I'm saying is like if they brought in everybody that they thought was going to be available to them in the first round and made them all bench press 250 pounds like they do at the NFL Combine. I know that's not the case, but let's suppose. Let's suppose they rented out a warehouse and they kept everything down low and they didn't tell anybody who didn't need to know where this was all going down. That's shady. Maybe that's something you're looking at and saying, okay, yeah, you deserve to be stripped of these draft picks, but um, it's almost tough to say, at least at the level of information that I have on this, that this is either the right or the wrong way but bottom line here is for like Jacob was 26 years old when he took that job I turned 26 next month that is preposterous to think that he was ready to take that on but they wanted to try something in Arizona and that's typically the market where you see stuff like that happen 
Yeah, I think he was the youngest NHL GM ever, and I mean, he's a big analytics guy, and so they kind of thought, how can we change it up on a budget, kind of, that the Yotes have? So, I mean, experiment failed. And it's not like they're going to get a whole lot better unless they start trading some pieces. What they could do to sort of recover from this in the short term is flip Oliver Ekman Larson out of town. But he is locked up at about $8 million a year for the next like seven or eight years. He just re-upped and he's... Worth it. Well, great player, of course. How much is, is he tired of the situation in Arizona? Because he's been one that has been there through a lot of the garbage years. He has taken his lumps. He's been a productive player pretty well every step of the way. And he's somebody that would garner, obviously, a lot of interest around the league. So... I, I don't know if anybody's going to be willing to spend the draft capital to acquire that kind of player, especially with a flat cap over the next, uh, the next say, three or four or five years. I know they're projecting two, but it doesn't sound like that's very realistic. So who is going to take on that much money for a guy that's already, uh, if he's not 30 yet now, he is very soon, and that contract runs through most of his 30s. A good rule of thumb, if you want to think about this sort of thing, if most of the contract years and your age begins with a three, it's probably not a great team deal. That said, of course you lock up your franchise guy. But Arizona might be able to salvage a little bit if they can find a suitor to give them some draft capital back in trading away an OEL, who frankly is not going to be the difference between them being a playoff team or not moving forward here. I don't think that hockey is a sport where you've got one guy that's going to make that kind of difference. What do you think? Could you see this? This sounds crazy in my head. OEL, maybe Toronto finds a way with Matthews. Maybe. Oh, wow. Wow. I hadn't thought about that. Let's take a time out so I can. We'll bring it back with John Shannon for a couple minutes. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 151 in Edmonton. Afternoon hockey has hit the intermission in the Flyers talking about flipping the script in game two. They've got a three-goal lead. Kevin Hayes responsible for two of those three goals. Royal Pizzas, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza is offering curbside pickup and takeout options. For the menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, you can go online to royalpizza.ca or down Download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. I think John Shannon's done brushing and flossing his teeth. It seems like we're ready to bring him in for a couple of thoughts. And John, we'd better start in uh, Arizona with the news that broke this afternoon. This year's second, next year's first is the punishment for testing players they shouldn't have been testing in ways they should not have been testing them. Um, What are your thoughts on that ruling? Well, we knew it was going to be harsh. Uh, And... uh Losing a, a second and losing a first is certainly uh, cannot be described as uh, easy punishment. So uh, I, I'm not surprised. It has uh, been coming for a while. I, I, I suppose that uh, Gary and Bill Daly have been waiting for uh, the return to play to settle down before they made this ruling. But uh, it's harsh. Uh, it's uh, going to affect the franchise for a few years to come when you think how valuable first and second round picks are. And the idea behind the harshness, it seems, is to set the, a strong precedent for the rest of the league, fair to say? 
Yeah, uh, yes, but it, it, there other situations that have involved draft picks and involved tampering such as this have always been heavy uh, and have, have been very expensive. Interesting, I, I thought that there might be something in particular uh, to John Chaka himself, uh, the general manager at the time. There was not. Um, mind you, John is not in the league anymore, and he, he's has a, he has another ruling coming from the commissioner as well about uh, his contract. Um, or and, and normally there's a fine involved, but uh, uh, when you consider that uh, Arizona has always been uh, a recipient of, of uh, uh, revenue sharing, I guess you know trying to get money out of them would have probably been a, a moot point. A little redundant, exactly. Um, talk to me about what the idea for next year might be with respect to divisional bubbles. I think they've had so much success with what they've done here in the playoffs that it's probably pretty high up on their list of ideas for how they're going to move forward as a league. Um, what is Bill Daly saying about this? What are you hearing? Well, it, everything is so early in the discussions. The fact is the Players Association and the league have had discussions whether it's divisional or not, uh, I'm not sure, Brendan, simply because uh, I'm not sure that they can have a bubble in any American city right now. So that means they would have to be in Canada for all of them. Um, but right now what they would be talking about, uh, as I understand it, and what I talked about uh, yesterday on social media, was four bubbles um, and that they would use all 31 teams and rotate teams in and out of the bubbles um, so that... Uh, I assume that that would mean that they would get time at home and they would play an eight-game increment. Um, but uh, that, uh, that's far from, far from done. It's one of the many suggestions, and I think everybody's just got their fingers and toes crossed. They will find a way to find uh, better solutions that allows fans to get in the buildings because, let's face it, that's 45% of the league revenue. A couple series evened up yesterday, John. like to get your thoughts on each of those quickly, starting with Tampa-Boston. Tampa pulls it out in overtime. Yeah, I, I actually I thought Boston, uh, you know, Boston was going to do something when they scored late. You know, the, the, the teams that we have left, the eight teams, uh, all of them uh, have the ability to bounce back, and that's one of the reasons why they're, they're, they're the teams that they are. Uh, you're seeing it again this afternoon with Philadelphia. After I thought they were lackluster in their game one, they were much better. They're much better through 20 minutes now, being up by three. Uh, but both uh, Tampa and what Vancouver did against Vegas last night to me was uh, certainly a sign that uh, the coaches can make adjustments, and more importantly, the players who have been through playoffs maybe, but not through this situation, they could adjust to. Amazing to see what Tyler Toffoli brought now up to 13 points in 12 games in a Canucks uniform. John, I hate that it has to be brief this afternoon. I'm running up against the clock. Thank you for your insights, though. I appreciate it. All my fault, Brendan. All my fault. All good, John. We'll talk next week. That is our NHL insider, John Shannon. Let's go to this day in Oilers history. Back in 1952, former NHL defenseman Byron Baltimore is born in White White House, Yukon. Not White Horse, but White House. Baltimore played in the NHL in 1979-1980 with the Edmonton Oilers. Coming up tonight on 6.30, Chad, Dave Campbell, your guest host on Inside Sports. He has me coming up at 7.05. We'll dive a little bit deeper into some of the series going on around the league. You'll also hear from uh, New York Islanders play-by-play voice Chris King. Tomorrow, 
Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque. He's got the series uh, with the Canucks and the Golden Knights. Excited to hear what he has to say about that. And, of course, Brian Burke for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. And then George LaRock. This will be my first time interviewing George LaRock. Excited? Nervous. I'm not nervous to interview really anybody until Thursday rolls around. And then it's like, I don't know if it's just because I have so much respect for someone like Brian Burke and, you know, George is just kind of an intimidating guy in his own right. Brendan, don't screw it up and don't sound like an idiot. That's my philosophy. We're going to throw it to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And then after that, 6.30 Ched Afternoons with Jalen Nye. The federal government announced $2 billion in funding so that provinces and territories can go about opening schools safely this fall. Alberta's Teacher Association President Jason Schilling will join Jalen after the 2 o'clock news for a look at how he feels the province should go about spending the money here at home. We did it. We made it through hump day. Appreciate the contributions on the text line. I know we haven't been spending a ton of time there this week. The playoffs are on. We've got plenty to talk about. Appreciate you being a part of the conversation anyway. Brendan Escott, Cody Jansen. So long. Eileen's next with the headlines. We're back tomorrow at noon. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.